Hello and welcome to the Health and Wellness Made Easy podcast, where we're focused on helping you love the life you already have. New episodes are generally released every Monday, except when they're not. I'm your host, Coach Laura Adair with Compassionate Coaching, and I am so glad you're here because I have an amazing guest today. Rita Desnoyers Garcia has been helping people reach their true potential for over 30 years. She has a BA in psychology from the College of the Holy Cross and an MSSW from Columbia University. After a long career as a social worker in New York City and while raising her family, she had a spiritual transformation. She's now a spiritual teacher, speaker, life coach, and author, also a comedian and a musician. She's the author of three books, Extraordinary Abundance, Outside of the Box, Love Experiments, and The Self-Compassion Project. She's also the creator of The Forest Meditations. She has a private Facebook group called Calm Mom Alliance. And you can find more out about Rita and her work and offerings at becomingawake.com. She lives with her husband and three children in New Jersey. And wow, what a dynamic individual. Welcome. It's so, (laughs) so nice to have you here, Rita. Thank you so much, Laura. It's an honor. Yeah, this is going to be great. I can tell already. (laughs) So we get a little um, more comfortable with who you are and who who I'm talking to. Would you tell us a little bit more about you? And man, I really want to hear about that spiritual transformation. Transformation, you bet. So maybe just give us some background on you, where you're from, what lights you up, and tell us a little more about that. All right. So um, I grew up in New Jersey uh, with a very conservative Catholic family. And I'm one of six children. I'm the youngest. I'm Cindy Brady, if you will. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was a very busy household. And so from the very beginning, I remember talking to my mom in the kitchen. And I remember thinking that there were people in another neighborhood that looked different from us. And they were a lot poorer. And I wasn't sure why that was. And my mom didn't have much of an explanation, but I, I had this feeling on my side that I really wanted to help the world. I really wanted to save the world. When I was a teenager, it was more about saving the world, but I just wanted to help the world. So I was a helper, very much a helper from the beginning. And um, I used to go to New York city and I would bring, I would make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and give them out to homeless people. And my mother thought I was like a little cuckoo for doing that, but I don't think that's even legal now, but, uh, I was doing it cause I just felt, I just had this how like, I don't understand why the world is the way it is. I just don't get it. I don't, you know, injustice and all that stuff. So, um, I grew up, went to college and the college I went to was also Catholic. And, um, they had a program that they promoted at the end, which was like a peace corps type of program where you lived in community in a poor community. You did what they called they called social justice work, which is a little different than the social justice you hear about now, but mm-hmm. it was based in helping people with inequities, you know, um, so I was a refugee re- a resettlement caseworker for a year as wow. a 20 something. So I would literally pick people up at the airport from all over the world who had refugee status and help settle them, which was an amazing job as a 20 year old. Cause you got to meet people from all over the world. You got to see that people had much worse lives than you did. You got to see resilience and tenacity and perseverance you got to see people who are, went through a lot of trauma and all your job was to help 
get their kids in school, get the parents jobs. So it was, and, and because people from all over the world, you kind of saw how different cultures dealt with the situation and what their strengths were, and maybe, maybe some of the weaknesses were. So I got to work with people from Ethiopia and Somalia and Poland and Romania and Iran and Costa Rica, like all over the place, um, Nicaragua. And um, so that was fascinating. And I really fell in love with the world and also hearing all of their horror stories. Once again, what's wrong with the world? Yeah. So I graduated, I worked for that program for a couple of years, and then I ended up going to social work school in New York City, which is an amazing place to be a social worker because there's a myriad of problems. Yeah. And I worked with the homeless, formerly homeless, mentally ill. I worked with um, municipal unions. So people who worked as a city worker and I worked in the counseling center. So I got to see a whole bunch of different, the working class, if you will. And then I worked with... Um, uh, a program that worked with babies that were born early or had disabilities or had issues. I worked with the families in the like a neonatal intensive care unit. So another very intense wow. job. And one of the things that I realized in my job was that being with someone in these circumstances was really an honor and privilege that they let you in to their lives. For sure. And I get to see people at their worst really, when they're falling apart. And uh, not that I ever wished that on anybody to fall apart, but I realized in my journey that everyone has that moment in their life and everyone needs a hand usually with that. You know, uh, I think a lot of things are team sports and one of them is being on earth. It's a team sport, right? So, so I did that for a few years and then, um, uh, after social work school, um, I worked in a nonprofit for a few years, um, which was great. I worked with a bunch of nuns. So it was like coming back to my Catholic roots, but these were very liberated nuns. They were very like nuns I'd never grown up with. It was pretty amazing. Um, and I did that. And then, um, and then what did I do after that? Oh, I got married, uh, minor, minor event in my life. I uh, got married, had kids. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't forget that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we moved to the suburbs and, uh, after my third child was born, um, I realized I needed to have something else to do because I wasn't busy enough apparently. And I was, uh, building a wealth and he- a health and wellness business, a multi-level marketing business. And so I was literally taking classes on how to sell that stuff while I was nursing my youngest, I had a toddler on my knee while I was trying to do cold calls. I mean, it was really, it was a little cuckoo. And I realized that this was not sustainable. And that's sort of when I had my spiritual transformation because my life was falling apart. I was trying to do way too much. Everyone was crying in the household. It wasn't just my kids. I was crying. They were crying. But I thought I was trying to save my family. I thought I was trying to... Um, make the world a better place, but I was just making crap. Really. It just wasn't going anywhere. And I wasn't having fun. And I was having all these physical issues while I was trying to sell health and wellness products, which is pretty ironic. So I ended up hiring a coach thinking, Hey, this guy's going to help me close clients. And that's all I need. I just need to be able to close some clients and then I'll be good. I'll be golden. And the first thing he said to me on the phone was, cause I was scattered. 
he said, uh, Rita, can you be just kind and gentle with yourself right now? Mm. And that like hit me square between the eyes. And the first thought I had was, wait, that's an option. Yeah. What, what good is that going to do? You know, I don't get it. And my emotional reaction was to just start bawling. I just started, I just dissolved when he said that. And I thought, son of a bitch, he's (laughs) making me cry, which means I'm probably going to work with him. He's hitting on something here. But when I allowed myself that just a few moments of being kind and gentle with myself, I stopped being the failed wife. I stopped being the businesswoman who had no idea what she was doing. I stopped being the mom who yells at her kids. I was just being kind and gentle with myself. And that started a whole different track for me where I worked with this guy for four years on the phone. I never, I've never met him in person, only on the phone, but the most intimate details of my life I was talking to him about. And there was a lot of crying that that was like the first of many crying sessions I had with him, but he really helped me examine what I was believing about myself and the world, um, how I was treating myself, uh, what my worldview was. Cause I thought beliefs were just like, uh, you're in a political party or you have religious beliefs or you're a vegan or you're a carnivore so much deeper. That's the surface stuff. What's underneath the water of that iceberg of beliefs? We were getting into that, which was surprising. I was surprised. I was surprised to find out that I didn't really think I was worth much, that I had to keep earning my worth. And that's why I was on this treadmill of this, you know, not just raising three little kids, but I have to have business too. And I got to be successful and I got to do this and I, that, and I have to be, you know, thin and I got to be beautiful and I got to be strong and I got to be this. Blah, 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 blah. Right? <laughs> no pressure. No pressure there, Rita. No pressure. Right. <laughs> no, just be perfect. Okay. Just sure. Just, right. I've got this. And, and what is perfection? He would be like, Rita, what's perfect. And I'd be like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> So after working with him for maybe six months, I started feeling so much better. Yeah. And I started noticing, you know, uh, the, what is that movie? The night of the living dead, you know, the (laughs) zombies walking around in whole foods. I started noticing all of my mommy friends walking around whole foods, just looking like zombies with their little baby Bjorns, but they just were like, had no affect, you know? Mm -hmm. And they started noticing that I was a lot more energetic and more at peace and more grounded. And so I started working with people and I had the social work background. It was a perfect fit. So I started seeing people individually and then we started having groups and then I started writing meditations. And then I started, I wrote the self-compassion project and those other books in between. And, and it just kind of started unfolding. Um, what I thought was a disaster on my hands, the disaster of my business is imploding and my kids are crying and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. That actually was, thank God that happened because it stopped me and it started me on a different track was of like loving myself, like actually loving myself and having compassion for myself instead of beating myself up as a strategy to be better. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't work, does it? No, I mean, you can't bully yourself into being better. 
<laughs> I'll bet we all try though, right? Well, we all, I, well, you know what, like, you know, there was this, um, saying about the United States, I think it was Samuel Clemens said, the, or maybe it was, I forget who said it, the United States always does the right thing after they've tried every other option. <laughs> I feel like the United States, I tried yeah. every other option. It just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, why do you think it's so hard to have that self-compassion? What do you think drives that? You know, I mean, that's pretty deep. We could talk the rest of the day about that, but like yeah. kind of in, in generally speaking, like that self-compassion, I think is really lacking in so many of us. We don't, yeah. again, we don't even know it's an option, right? Why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think part of it is cultural. I think in the West, uh, especially in the United States for go, 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 go. That's why America runs on Duncan, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. We're all go, yeah. go, 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 go. Yeah. You know, the, the person with the most toys wins, you know, mm. the person with the most success, the person, blah, blah, blah. So there's a big cultural push for women and men to not use compassion as a strategy. It's more like work harder, work smarter, work this, do this, get your head down, move, go through it. And compassion, to from my point of view, is, is a more... I don't know if the right word is feminine, but it's a different energy. It's a, it's to me, I described it as when the divine meets with you. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, compassion is that observational view of the other from through the eyes of God of, of, you know, I'm so sorry you're suffering. Hmm sit here and talk to me and tell me what's going on. Let's have a cup of tea. You know, it's yeah. not that I'm better than you or I pity you. It's yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. That must be really hard. Tell me more about that. What do yeah. you need? You know? Well then now uh, what a beautiful compassionate response. And I think, you know, uh, I think a lot of us would have to slow way down yeah. In order to hold that kind of space, we are, uh, you know, that whole, um, we run on Duncan, you know, and it's that whole culture of just do it, get it done, go bigger, better, faster, more. And we get going so fast that we've left ourselves so far behind. It can, you know, unless we slow down, we're not going to catch yeah. up with ourselves to be yeah. able to even go, wow, it looks like you're having a rough day. I like to even notice that someone else is suffering. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And is that is that what got you into the meditation portion? Yeah, definitely. Meditation yeah. was one of the first things that my coach would talk to me about as uh, a tool to use to just slow me down, because I was like his name is Chris. And uh, he would say, like, one of the things we need to just work out here is that we're going to be honest with each other. So if there's something I say that you don't like or whatever to say it. And I, and so he was talking about being present, for instance, being <laughs> yeah. present. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 Chris, um, you want me to be honest with you. Right. And he's like, yeah. And I said, this present thing, I don't get it. Cause I got a long list of things to do in my head right now. And being present is not one of them. Let me just be clear about that. <laughs> And I thought, you know, I'm making yeah. this guy work. Right. Yeah. So he said, perfect. I'm so glad you brought that up because this is where we need to put our attention right now. And what he, what he said to me, and I, you know, I kind of trusted him, you know, um, and he proved to be right. was like, he's like, Rita, you're always going to have that list of things to do. It's just always going to be, do that. It's always going to be there. He said, but if you are doing and doing and doing, 
you make (laughs) doo-doo. That's a nice way to put put it. Your life is going to be crap. (laughs) Right. And and I and I was like, you're right. I I confess to that. So he said, the issue is who are you as you're doing those things? Are you present? Yeah. So he goes, you're always going to have that list. But if you slow down, like you said, if you slow down and get grounded and be present and be mindful with everything you do, you're going to have a higher quality of the doing. You're going to be much more effective. And a lot of the things on your list, you'll realize you don't have to do anymore. Yeah. They're just not going to be important or you can, you can outsource them or whatever. And that was a big thing that we did in the beginning was to go through my schedule and decide what's really things that I enjoy doing that I feel I can be present with doing. And what's the stuff that I signed up for that I didn't even want to do, but I felt obligated to do Yeah. or because it was the right thing to do because you're a good mom or a good person. And I had to start saying no. Oh my gosh. Wow. I had to say no and be, and no period, like no, like apologies. <laughs> right. I, uh, I just posted in one of my private Facebook groups that, you know, no is a complete sentence. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And really, I mean, if you think about for a minute, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I know that's like a saying I've heard it a million times or that's so trite or, or shallow, but it's not because if you think about no is a complete sentence, it means I don't have to justify why I can or can't do yeah. anything. And I think that I spent the first half of my life in people pleasing mode. Oh and my gosh. so part of yeah. that list that I'm carrying around all day is how am I going to make everybody else happy? Right. And I would fall to the bottom of the list all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you know, if I don't make my husband happy, then, you know, uh, then the house is going to be uncomfortable or it's, it's going to be uncomfortable to be around. And if people don't like me, then they're not going to come and buy my stuff. And they're not right, you know, right in this constant litany of doo-doo in my brain. That's going to be the name of the podcast, Rita and doo-doo. <laughs> you know, if I just am so spun up that way, you know, then I don't get into anywhere near self-compassion, right? I'm in self-judgment. Yes. I have the belief that I'm not worthy unless I'm pleasing everybody else in my life. Yep. Yes. You know, does that, is that resonating with you people that are listening? I mean, th- you know, we get so caught up in this people pleasing, but what if, right? What if we slowed down? Yeah. What if we moved ourselves up that list of priorities even a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you start with people who are suffering from too much doing and not enough being? Where do you start with the people who are just, you know, because you spoke in the beginning about in your personal story, you have such experience with this overloaded burnout yeah. You know, go till you puke kind of life. You yeah. Know, where do you start? Yeah. A lot of guilt. The interrupt. Yeah. Oh, and the guilt. A lot of, yeah. I have more than other people. Therefore I have to sacrifice myself <gasps> on the altar of deprivation. <laughs> and so they can feel, so they somehow that's yeah. going to help them. Right. Yeah. And my mother would say, Rita, you don't have to be poor to help poor people, you know? And I'm like, Oh, what do you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so one of the first things I say to people when they tell me their story is I totally get it. I totally get what you're saying to me. I live that life. And there's a lot of rewards to that. You get a lot of, you know, rewards for people pleasing and overdoing, you know, people, you know what I mean? There's some feedback. If there was absolutely no um, 
what's the word draw to that people would stop yeah. doing it but there yeah. is a draw you know yeah. they're getting something out of that belief getting, in that behavior it's doing something for them it's right. keeping you safer it's keeping you hidden or it's keeping you something right yeah yeah or it's keeping it's all and it's all egoic right it's all yeah. it's keeping oh, yeah. your identity together because mm-hmm. one of the things that we do together is kind of like tease out what's your identity in all this mm. you know because that's what people people come to me because they really want they're desperate enough to try almost anything because they've tried everything else and it didn't work but at the same time they have a lot of identity around it yeah. and then I'm a threat to that identity because I'll be like well one let's stop doing that you know <laughs> you mean that's an option right exactly <laughs> and they'd be like well who would I be who would I be if I wasn't doing all the time? Yeah. Who would I be? And I'm like, are you curious? Let's you find curious? out. Let's find yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so the first thing I would do is say, honey, I get it. I've been there. I know sister. I totally, totally understand your plight. I feel for you. And then I would help them go through a, just a mini process of having compassion for themselves. Like, yeah. If your best friend came to you and told you the story, what would you say to her? She'd be like, I'm so sorry you're suffering. You know, I'm so sorry. You know, I love you. I love you. What can I do? What can can I I do? What do you need? What can I do? What do you need? How can I support? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And if we could ask ourselves some of those questions, you know, I mean, wow, how might that be different? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been known to walk around the house just like tapping. I, I don't do a lot of EFT, but I, you know, really just tap just like, like a comforting pat and just go, I love you. Oh, yes. I love you. Yes. I love you. Like I've, I've done that hours mm-hmm. and hours of that sometimes yes. when you're in a state, you know, and just knowing that connection within myself. And then also you'll notice a connection with something that's much bigger than you, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, when I've that opens up that. more, yeah. it's, oh, then yeah, you can been, love yeah. the life you've always had. I love yes. the tagline. I love, love the life you already have because it's your life. It's the only one you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love the self-love exercise. It was um, way back in the day when I first started. Oh, it's been over five years now that I've been a coach. Um, I remember my first I love you exercise, you know, where we got to look soulfully into the mirror. <laughs> And say, I love you until we meant it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think there was any of us that didn't actually, you know, have a complete, you know, waterworks fest out of, of our course. eyes doing that because we're not receiving, you know, we're not feeling, you know, I guess what, the way I could say that is we, if we don't feel we're worthy and we don't feel we're lovable, it's pretty amazing when that message does get through. Yeah. 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 And it starts to melt that high tension, high stress existence into something just a little more tolerable every time you're able to connect. And, you know, I do that. There's that you can just sort of pat above your heart on the breastbone. I occasionally, I don't pat. I just sort of put my hand right over Mm -hmm. the heart center and I even use my name and it's like, I love you, Laura. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, thank you. You know, and my stress level comes down by at least 50%. And then sometimes I just have to say it over and over and over until that, you know, small, you know, inside me really gets that message, Yeah, you know, and, and to get in touch with that is so, so powerful. Are there other, other 
uh, tools or ways that, that you help sure. people get in touch with that? Because that's I think it's really important. So another, I, I use questions a lot. So one of the questions yeah. I've asked people when they really are like, I don't know, you know, I'll say, what would you really want the most loving parent or God or whatever you work with their belief system? So yeah. if that person could say, whisper something into your ear that you think that would be amazing, what would it be? Mm. And it's usually it's okay, or you're okay, or yeah. I love you, or you're doing a great job, or and I say, okay, say that to yourself right now. It's the same as the mirror, right? Yeah. Can you say it to yourself? And if they're having a hard time, I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna say it to you. We're yeah. gonna say it together. Just something simple like that is an amazing shift. Because they realize everything they're trying to get from the outside world through all sorts of wackadoodle ways, right? <laughs> We're always looking for love in all the wrong places. Yes, ma'am. Right? Mm -hmm. And we are, what we don't realize is that we are love. We're programmed for love. But we're also indoctrinated into the familiar. So we tend to look for it in all these weird ways, right? Oh, yeah. And I've, I've seen a, a lot of really weird ways. Right. <laughs> I mean, we all do it. Of looking for love, you know, it's like, I'm going to, I don't know, uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to hurt myself if you don't love me. I'm going to, you know, there's like all this weird dysfunctional, you know, garbage and gyrations that we go through and trying to find love by compromising who we are, our authentic yeah. self, you yeah. know, all, okay, I'll be whoever you want me to be as long as you'll love yes. me. Yeah. And yeah, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's, and it's what will you realize that you can love yourself and give yourself the love that you're looking for from the outside, then the world starts to love you. Oh yeah. But you don't yeah. need it to. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's like confirmation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of it being where it comes from for certain. And that mm -hmm. loving of the self, I think can be so, so difficult. And I love that you have just simple tools to just start with, you know, what would the most loving God or the loving parent or the loving person in your life say to you? That's just such a beautiful, like I wanted to say it again, because it was so important of just like, what would somebody who unconditionally loved you say to you yeah. right now? And what a beautiful place to start because it is inside. It's not outside. And I think we can waste an entire lifetime trying to find fulfillment and love outside of ourselves when you know, the key is simply slowing down and holding that sacred space yeah. for ourselves with just a simple question like, hey, what what would be different for you if you actually had a little compassion for you in this moment? And what it, the words were kind and gentle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Whew. That's deep and incredibly amazing, Rita. Thank you so much for that. That's, oh, my pleasure, yeah. Laura. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah. How do you think that people that you're working with know that they'll be loving their lives? Because of course, the name of the podcast is Health and Wellness Made Easy. Love the life you already have. Like how will we know when we have that, right? What it, What is that like? Um, what I've seen in the people I work with and in my own life is when you start appreciating the everyday little moments in your life 
when you start to the the visual I want to give is you're not skipping on the surface of your life and just going forward. You're, you're having these very deep, you're not going horizontal on top. You're going deep into the moment, vertical, you're going vertical in every moment. So you're like, Oh, here I am with Laura. Oh, I'm loving this. Right. And then you have the next moment where you're like, Oh, I'm on a phone call. This is very interesting. And then the next one is, you know, you're taking a walk. Oh, you're here. So it's really, when you're really present and you're appreciating whatever's happening, even if on the outside, the world may judge it as negative or positive or tragic or happy or whatever. When you're really, let me give you an, an example. So I had a day several years ago where I went to a wake and a wedding in the same day, right? Okay. It sounds like four weddings and a funeral, right? And the wake was a very, it was sort of a mini wake. We, we, we gathered at a place where this person was and you know, who would work there. And we were, so it was very emotional. It was a very emotional day. I was like la- literally laughing and crying for different reasons at different points in the day. Wow. And I thought, what an extraordinary day. I got to experience all 88 keys of the keyboard or the emotional keyboard today. Wow. Yeah, That's amazing. This is yeah. life. This is the opportunity I have. So you may not do that every day, but if you can embrace and appreciate whatever's going on, that's amazing. That's love and the life you have, right? Yeah. It's, it's also freedom. That's freedom because you're not afraid of feeling things. And when you're not afraid of feeling things, anything can happen. You're not avoiding situations so you don't have to feel a certain way. Yeah. It allows you to be, it sounds to me as you're talking about that being present part again, you know, you have to be all the way there, all the way in your body, in your mind, in your, you know, in touch with you to really do, to go vertical, like you were talking about, to go deep into the moment. We have to be present in the moment to get there for sure. Yeah. You can't yeah. be doing something else and on I know. keyboard and, you know, <laughs> yeah, looking up, like, scrolling your phone while you're. Yeah. No, it's like in the podcast, I'm looking you right in the eye, you know, I yeah. mean, my phones are off my, you know, the doors are shut the whole, you know, I'm in this vertical moment and I'm like, yeah. wow. Yeah. And when we really think about it, those are the best moments. Yeah. You know, like my coach asked me, think of a moment where you just felt so good. And I was like, I was this, was at a restaurant. I was with my husband or did it. And he's like, were you present? I was like, I was absolutely present. I was absolutely present. Yeah. (laughs) That's what made it it. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Just letting go just a little and stepping into the present. Wow. What a huge shift, right? It just changes everything, literally everything. (laughs) <laughs> literally yeah because yeah. because life's not about the content it's about your experience and your perception and your relationship to that content yeah. so if you're embracing it even if it's tough to embrace then that's a completely different life than i don't want to feel it i don't want to uh 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 oh, get away get away <laughs> get away yeah, yeah get away Yeah, no, that's um, amazing. Totally amazing. So I'm sure there are people listening who would love to be able to get in touch with you and learn more about you and all that. But before we get to that, 
we've had an amazing conversation so far and it has gone by so quickly, but I'm wondering yeah. if there's, has there been anything that's come up or tickled the back of your mind or anything that you feel like, gosh, let's talk about this. Is there anything else that, that you want to talk about before we get moving along here and wrap it up? Well, it's sort of the embracing what's happening in your life at the moment. So this, I don't know about you, but the past two years have been a little bumpy, you know, a little bit. Yeah. With this, you know, pandemic thing and war and all that stuff. So, um, I had a couple of, uh, situations where, um, I wanted to run away from home. I was just like, that's it. I'm running away. I'm leaving, you know, and it was very, you know, kid-like, but that's the emotional state I was in was I want to get away from this. I don't like this. I, this is what I always feared, blah, 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 blah. And I decided, okay, I'm just going to sit here and feel all the energy going through my body. It's been generated by everything in my head and, you know, the emotional state I was in. And when I did that and I just stayed with it and I was, I made sure I was outside in nature and all grounded mm-hmm. and everything. And I started to have this deep appreciation for all the really passive aggressive women in my life. <laughs> and I went, Holy shit. Now I know why they're like this. I totally get it. Cause I feel mm. so passive aggressive right now. I feel I want to be, you know, like, Oh yeah, go ahead. Do that. Fine. I'll walk to my funeral. I mean, I was like in this state of, passive aggressive mom. And I used to really judge those people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I went, Oh my gosh, I get why they do this. I understand. Oh, Oh, never judge them again. And I felt so connected to all of these people that I wasn't appreciating before. And I thought this is an amazing moment that I didn't want to experience that I was avoiding that I because I thought it was going to be too tough or whatever, whatever the thought was in my mind. And now I wouldn't trade it for the, for anything. So I guess what I wanted to say is even in those moments where it feels tragic or it feels um, frustrating or rageful, or I, or you want to run away or whatever it is, there's something in there that's for you that if you take advantage of it, can really help expand you in a huge way. And for me, of course, as a coach, I'm sure you've had this thought, oh, I can't wait to teach this one. Oh, I can't wait to share that. Yeah. So I was like, wow, what a benefit to be a coach because every freaking experience I have is just more for me to expand around and help other people. So, but I think anyone can have, they don't have to be a coach to to see that bigger picture. And sometimes it doesn't happen until after you're on the other side of it where you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But I got to appreciate it in the moment. And yeah. I went, okay, life is happening for me, for me. Yeah. All the time. Every day. Every day. Every day, all day long. Life happens for me. And an amazing shift that happens from life happening to me all the time. And it used to in my younger, you know, teen, yeah. early twenties, I got life happened to me. <laughs> I was yeah. like, why is this happening to me? Oh my God. Why? You know, and I got the, you know, the, the back of my hand on my forehead. Oh, poor me. Why everything happens yes. to me, you know? And, and as I learned that as I walked through each challenge, each situation, each tragedy, 
Okay. Yeah. Cause there's been tragedy. As I walked through each one, there was a gift on the other side. Yes. Every fucking time. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do to walk through an emotionally charged situation and have a, a traumatic or tragic or dramatic event, right. right? Okay. Nobody really wants those kinds of feelings because they're so intense. But as we get present and mindful and we keep walking, like if you're walking through fire, don't stop, honey. Okay. <laughs> keep going. Walk. Right. Right. Walk. Right. Keep, yeah, trust the process. Keep walking forward. The gift is on the other side and it does get tough. And you think about the last couple of years that things have been so topsy turvy for everyone and the stress levels have been up. And it's like this, I heard somebody refer to it on public radio the other day as a, um, a super slow motion, natural disaster. And I thought she nailed it. She nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the world is falling apart in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because it needs to fall apart in a yes. lot of ways. Yeah. Because when, when our personal lives, I, my personal experience is when my life starts to fall apart, it means it's, it's going to fall together again. It's sort of like the breakdown before the breakthrough. It's sure. Things need to, you know, it's like going into the butterfly state. Everything has to mm -hmm. dissolve in your little cocoon and then yeah. you pop out as a butterfly. But in that melting stage, a lot of fear comes up. What the heck's going on? Why is this happening? This shouldn't be happening. I don't want this to happen. This is really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It must be the end of the world, blah, 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 blah. But you don't, what you don't realize is that there's another world that you're being birthed into. Powerful. Super powerful, Rita. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. And how can I find out about how to work with you? Tell so, people where to find you. Yeah. So I'm, I have a website called becomingawake.com. Mm. Um, and then I have a private Facebook group called Calm Mom Alliance. Um, I'm also on all of the social media things under Becoming Awake mostly or Rita Denoyer Garcia. If you look for one of those, you'll find me on different platforms. But the main one I'm on is Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, I have a YouTube channel, Becoming Awake YouTube channel. Um, where else? I think those are the biggies. Awesome. And do you have a program offering? Well, I have a program, but it's probably by the time this is aired, I'll have offered it. But on my website, I have periodic programs that pop up. So if you go to my website or go on my mailing list, you'll know about that. And then, of course, I always do individual work. That's something I offer all the time. So if someone wants to work with me one on one, you know, I offer them a free phone call to chat and see if it's a good fit. Awesome. I highly recommend checking out more information about Rita because woo, she's awesome and she knows how to go vertical. <laughs> certainly do Laura. Wow, thank you so much for your time and your love and compassion and wisdom what an amazing guest thank you Laura and thank you so much for being with us here today my friends you can find more information about me at laurajadair.com where you'll find all my program details and if you really like the podcast and would like to support ongoing content like today's show you can click on the support button below the show details. Until next time, my friends, be so very good to you.